1: Yesterday, we uh, brought you the details as we gained them on the school bus crash uh, near Springfield, uh, which, as the show was ending, um, very sadly I had to convey to you that the bus crash uh, resulted in the death of a very young child, uh, an elementary school child in the Northwestern local school district. Uh, Northwestern is a school that is... um, what would that be? I get my East and West. It's close, it's beyond Springfield. It's just beyond Springfield, okay? It's west of Springfield, Northwestern. Uh it is in a league with uh Jonathan Alder, Northeastern, Kenton Ridge, Springfield Shawnee, Bell Fountain, Urbana. And this is a unspeakably sad story. As when you put your child on the bus for the first day of school, um, you know, you're taking pictures. I mean, think of that. You're you're taking pictures. And the little ones are just so adorable. I don't know, do they still do lunch buckets? Uh, But they got new clothes and, I mean, just, man, oh man. So a van goes left of center. Uh, The school bus driver, a 68-year-old bus driver, uh, attempts to avoid contact with the van. And the van, nevertheless, hits the bus. The bus uh, winds up on its side some 200 yards from the... Uh, van and the uh, child who died was thrown from the school bus um so we we do not have a name yet we do not have a sex yet on the uh, on the fatality Uh, what we know is that five and a half hours after the bus crash uh, the bus was finally towed away the van suffered extensive damage to the front it looked like the uh, front of the van was uh, caved all the way in Uh, driver of the van was not seriously injured One child in the bus had what they termed serious injuries. They had 12 that were uh, transported to um, Dayton Children's Hospital and then 10 others who were uh, brought to Dayton Children's on their own. So as we become more um, versed in exactly what happened here, we will let you know. But um, again, just, um, boy... Such, a, such an unspeakable speakable event. Now, we have at the moment on Fox a news alert for an active shooter situation in the city of Pittsburgh. I have no details other than that, other than Pittsburgh police are on the scene, and they are blocking the streets uh, in Pittsburgh. I do not know if the shooter has been neutralized or if um, that situation is still underway. <clears throat> now, we have tonight the big Republican presidential debate. And we will have our own watch party. We hope to see you uh, in person tonight at the Lazy Chameleon on just off Sawmill Road, north of Summit View Road. Uh, I will be there. We will be welcoming you at 8 o'clock. The debate will start at 9 o'clock. I had the chance last night to attend Curriculum Night at um, the school where my two daughters attend. And I was uh, gratified to see... Uh, three of my Tangi Tiger Moms, shout out to you, they uh, are so uh, such wonderful people and uh, prize and treasure the right things in their children's education, and they take a, an involved approach to their education, supportive, of course, but definitely involved and, and alert and awake, and that is what all parents need to be. When it comes to education, and I anticipate that education tonight will be a topic of this debate. Now, they're two hours, so they're going to try to hit everything. Ukraine will be a big topic. There's a lot of um, speculation that Trump will be a big topic tonight because, you know, Trump's got four indictments out there. and all. I don't really care to hear the eight candidates on the stage discuss anything about Trump. I mean, why would you give Trump a moment of publicity? He could dominate the place if he wanted to show up. I'm glad Fox changed its minds on allowing his surrogates to come into the spin room afterward. I I don't want Matt Getz in there. I don't want Marjorie Taylor Greene in there or Byron Donalds in there or Wesley Hunt in there or anybody. If Trump's not there, why would I let you bring your surrogates in here and talk about the failures of other candidates? And if you want that, show up. Now, what I do anticipate tonight is I anticipate that there will be an effort to disparage Vivek Ramaswamy. Columbus's own Vivek Ramaswamy lives in Upper Arlington. We will claim him. Vivek Ramaswamy. One of two conservatives in Upper Arlington, because I know another. Vivek and my friend. <laughs> it might be the only two, the last two. Uh, but Vivek has been. He has been said to be rising in the polls. I'm going to say it that way because I'm not sure he's really rising in the polls. But he is a fresh face, 37 years old. He's super, super eloquent. Super, super smart. Biotech. Billionaire or well on his way. Wrote Woke Inc. Wrote Nation of Victims. And... Look, he's an outsider. Trump was an outsider. Now, the thing Vivek has done to gain traction, in my opinion, is that he has taken on all comers. If you want to interview Vivek, he'll interview with you. If you are left-wing, he doesn't care. Why does he not care? Because he's confident. He knows what he believes and he knows why he believes it. And he's willing to articulate it. This led him to be a guest on the uh, horrendous Caitlin Collins show at CNN, where she takes a snippet, a snippet, a sliver of a speech Vivek Ramaswamy gave about how to protect Taiwan. And he had a long list of things he would do to protect Taiwan until we get uh, high-end chip manufacturing in the U.S. and we don't need Taiwan anymore. Then he says we would scale back our protection of Taiwan. So it's not like Biden says with Ukraine. It's endless. Our support is endless. No support is endless. You run out of money, no more support. But one of the things Vivek Ramaswamy said was that he would arm the citizens of Taiwan. This is the only part that Caton Collins pull, pulled out of his speech to try to pull a gotcha on Vivek Ramaswamy. Don't try that with Vivek Ramaswamy, because he will call you on it.
2: One thing that you will likely be asked about on Wednesday night is foreign policy. And you recently said that to protect Taiwan, you would do this. Guess what? We'll put a gun in every Taiwanese household, train them how to use it. That is how you make Xi Jinping think twice. Do you really think that would be a sufficient plan to deter a Chinese invasion if it includes Long range missiles, ground troops, an aerial blockade, a naval blockade. Caitlin. All of the different measures here. Caitlin, Caitlin. Caitlin, of course it's not sufficient. You take that tiny little clip when I've articulated at the Nixon Library last week a one hour speech with a whole range of deterrents. That is part of it. But I've also said that I would pull Russia out of its military alliance with China. I've also said that we would bolster our partnership with India to be able to close the Andaman Sea and the Malacca Strait. I've also said that we would actually send a signal very clearly that we will defend Taiwan, moving from strategic ambiguity to strategic clarity to say that we will defend Taiwan until we have semiconductor independence in this country. And so, yes, part of this is turning Taiwan into a porcupine. I think exporting our Second Amendment is a relatively free or low-cost way to do that. But I find it laughable that you will take that clip and then put words into my mouth as though that was a sufficient deterrent. Caitlin, with due respect, that's a
1: joke. That's a master class on how to call out the left for their leftism. What was her question again? She pulls a tiny snippet, and we're going to arm the Taiwanese. We're going to arm them. That's the plan. Yes, that's the plan. This is her question. This is the question.
2: Do you really think that would be a sufficient plan to deter a Chinese invasion?
1: A sufficient plan. No, his sufficient plan is separate Russia and China, seal off the strait. He went through a whole list, as he said, an hour long, and she pulls out the one little thing. Oh, is that sufficient? Now, he not only took her on and made her look like the buffoon she is, the agenda-driven buffoon that she is. He did it with great humor he laughed at her he mocked her he didn't get mad he didn't get angry he has risen because he's able to do this DeSantis is good at this he hasn't done enough of it I don't know why yeah I do know why he's got bad advice So now, with uh, a bit more details on the Pittsburgh active shooter situation, it's in the Garfield neighborhood of Pittsburgh. That's all I know. I'm looking at videos. It's not really showing anything, although the people uh, in uh, in riot gear and paramilitary gear, they're running around. Uh, Somebody uh, on Fox said they had stretchers on the street. So we'll keep you apprised of that as details become available. Uh, This will, or at least should, force uh, some change tonight in the topics that the Republican presidential candidates will um, tackle, because if you don't talk about mass shootings and crime and all that stuff, then the left will be like, oh, see, there was a mass shooting in Pittsburgh. It never even came up in the presidential debate. So they'll uh, spring a gotcha on you. Uh, This morning, Larry Elder, who's not on the stage tonight, because he did not hit the requisite polling requirements, which I think they only required you to be in 1% of three recognized polls. Larry Elder says he has attained that. He has gotten his 40,000 independent donors without phonying it up like Doug Burgum did. I'll give you 25 bucks if you donate a dollar. You can do that when you're a billionaire. (laughs) But... Larry Elder will not be on the stage because they said one of his polls was a Rasmussen poll, which they said was a Trump-affiliated poll. Okay. This is a fail by the Republican National Committee, and it shouldn't shock you that it's a fail, because the head of the Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney McDaniel, notice, Now that Trump has taken over the Republican Party and one of his uh, frequent targets, with good reason, is Utah Senator Mitt Romney, who refused to engage, refused to battle Barack Obama, let Candy Crowley dominate debate, let Candy Crowley erroneously fact check him in real time in a debate in 2012, Uh, Rana... Romney McDaniel is the niece of Mitt Romney, but she dropped the Romney from her name. She used to always have it in her name because Romney's like a gold standard in politics. She dropped Romney from her name when Trump started taking over the Republican Party. She doesn't want people to know she's a Romney. Well, she's somehow managed to keep her job at the Republican National Committee despite losing the midterm election in twenty. 18, the election of 2020, the midterm election of 2022. If you continue to let bad leaders lead your organization, you'll continue to get results you don't want. And so not letting Larry Elder on the stage, citing some technicality or inventing a way to keep him off the stage, does what? It keeps a strong African-American voice off the stage. I know Tim Scott's there. I know he's there. I get it. But Larry Elder's message, Larry Elder knows he's not going to be president, but Larry Elder has a very effective way of articulating a message about the lack of strong marriages and black fathers in inner city communities. And it is better for Larry Elder to make that case powerfully than it is for any white candidate on that stage to make that case. And Larry Elder being on that stage to make that case would help whoever the Republican nominee is get more of the African-American vote. Now, Ronna McDaniel says the whole rules of the debate, how you get on the stage and all that are geared to beat Joe Biden. That's what she says. It's all geared to beat Joe Biden. We're all about Joe Biden. I don't care if it's Trump. I just don't to run to Sanders. It's all about beating Joe Biden. Well, if it's all about beating Joe Biden and Larry Elder has hit the qualifications to be on the stage, you keeping him off the stage on polling is stupid. Stupid. Okay? Now, he's filing an injunction, but I can't imagine that they're going to like add a podium. It'd be like, what, you know, put him at the kids' table? Like, at you know, at a over here. Backstage is Larry Elder. He's at our, you know, he's at the chef's table in the back. No. Doug Burgum, apparently, the North Dakota governor, injured himself in a basketball game. All these people who are trying to prove how healthy they are, right? Vivek Ramaswamy's playing tennis with his shirt off. He's doing hotel workouts with his wife. Which, yeah, Vivek's 37. Like, I was in super top shape when I was 37, too. Great, fantastic. I like a fit president. I like one who doesn't stumble up the stairs. One who doesn't slur his words. But Vivek playing tennis with his shirt off, eh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say don't vote no on that, okay? The fact that he's playing tennis, ripping forehands, shows how fit he is. <laughs> I don't need to see, like, you with a shirt off. And I don't know about the wisdom of working out with your wife when your wife is jumping higher than you at the end of a burpee. Okay. Vivek's got good hops. His wife's got better hops. So, uh, Scott Walker, who was the frontrunner in 2016, the first presidential debate. He was the Wisconsin governor. Oh, this guy's a miracle man. He's crossed over Republican to Democrat. He's gotten Democrats to vote for him. The Republican governor of Wisconsin. Scott Walker, next president of the United States. And he was terrible in the debates. He told Brett Baier this morning the mistake he made was listening to consultants and not being himself. So all these people who have listened to consultants, and DeSantis definitely listened to consultants. You know he's listened to consultants because his campaign has fired how many people? Because it's been halting at best. And DeSantis has not done what I said Ramaswamy has done. He's gone anywhere and everywhere and taken on anybody. Ron DeSantis missed a golden opportunity by not going on, how about The View? How about Ron DeSantis on The View? Now, maybe The View didn't extend an offer. Maybe maybe they wouldn't have asked him on. But he sent the vibe early on. No, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to penalize you because you're woke. You're with NBC, you're with MSNBC, you're with CNN. I'm not going to talk to you. That's the wrong approach. Even in 2016, when Trump started to gain traction, Trump started to gain traction because he was everywhere. Now, granted, he was everywhere because wokesters like Joe Scarborough at MSNBC used to like Trump. And so they thought, oh, let's put Donald Trump on. And then Trump started saying conservative things, and then all of a sudden he became public enemy number one. But if I had to make a prediction about tonight's debate, and I will be moderating, so you can come out, you can bring all your Trump hate, your hatred toward me for not being all in on Trump. You can bring all that with you (laughs) to the lazy chameleon. And, uh, And we'll engage. We'll engage. Everything I'm going to say about the presidential race in 2024 is geared to a very simple statement. I want to win. Not only do I want to win, I got to win. We need to win. So whoever can win, run them. Run them. I happen to think there are several Republican candidates who have a better chance of winning than Donald Trump. I think Ron DeSantis is one of them. I think Tim Scott's one of them. I think Nikki Haley's one of them. Uh, Anybody else? No, I don't think Pence is one of them. I don't think Will Hurd is one of them. I actually think, you know, I mean, I don't see a path. But if Doug Burgum could become the nominee, I think Burgum could win. I think Vivek could win. I don't think he will, but I think he could. So we appear to be determined to run the candidate who won't honor you by debating and who is instead under indictment, fair or unfair, mostly unfair, in four places.